So I had dinner with a friend uh, last week, and she brought us something that, I, honestly, I don't get a lot, and it's surprising, but I don't get this question a lot. But she asked me, how do I handle uh, questions about me and you, our relationship, and your incarceration? She asked me, how do I handle that? Um, and I told her, you know, I went straight up, I said, I don't. I don't handle it. I don't deal with it. I don't I don't get a lot of questions about our relationship and your incarceration. Um a a big reason for that, I believe, is because we don't allow that type of openness. Uh the way right. we and Billy handle our marriage is our marriage is, is very sacred to us. Right? It's very sacred to us. So not everybody just has access to be able to be a part of what we do, how we do it, how we feel. Exactly. That is something that's very private between us. So how we do, how we maneuver, how we feel, all that, like that is something that's worked out between us, okay? And I have a therapist mm. that I also work through things with, okay? But since we do have this podcast, and we are allowing people into our lives, into our conversations. We right. think it'll be a good idea to, you know, have that discussion about your incarceration and what this journey has been like for you, for me, um, and for our relationship as it's evolved uh, throughout your incarceration. So, baby, why don't you share first? Share, share with the people what your journey of incarceration, what it's been like so far? My incarceration so far, you know, I've been incarcerated for 11 years straight. And since I was 17 years old. And it's been rough, to say the least. Like, it's been rough. And, uh, but at the same time, I've learned so much. And I evolved from a teenage boy to a a grown man, real fast. And uh, being incarcerated teaches you patience. That's one main thing it, it can give you, is patience. Sometimes it's forced, and sometimes it's just you receive it. But regardless, you want to have patience. And this journey has it, it came with a lot. Family leaving, family lying, friends leaving, friends lying, and uh, and through it all, you have to have faith. Keep your faith. You got to keep your faith and understand that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Even though I'm wrong for being incarcerated, you still have to move with a with a with a strong head on your shoulders, faith running through your veins, patience twenty four hours a day. Because you gotta always keep in your mind that this this is not the end. And when you when you dealing with hundreds of different emotions around you, eighty percent negative, 
including correctional officers. You have to stay 100% positive. Now, we got no robots. Ain't no man a robot. So you're going to have your days where it's just like, ah, like, ah. But even then, you have to remember, this is only for a moment. This is not my end. This is not my life. And speaking of that, like, I have to always tell myself all day, every day, I'm not an inmate. I'm not that. I'm not an inmate. I'm not a jail individual. I'm just an individual that's physically in jail. I'm mentally gone. I'm mentally on the yard. I'm mentally uh, in a suicide. It's a gators. Cartier glasses. Uh, watch. Like, I, I'm mentally on a whole other level. I'm just physically here. So I never forget, like, this is not my, my life. Forget what the judge says to me. Forget what the prosecutor said. I'm not a murderer or, 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 or an inmate. I'm but you know what that is? Yeah. Because your patient, I don't, I don't know, that's one thing for me personally as a woman, as your wife, that I right. think I have, I value so much in you because being in a relationship with you, and I think anybody, that's like a really valuable characteristic because that's what so many people lack is patience, it's patience with other people, patience in relationships. Uh, so to be able to have, so what you've been able to, um, what you've been able to, to acquire throughout your incarceration has benefited benefited you with your relationship with me. And ultimately, obviously, that's going to be something that we are able to, you know, transition as, as you transition home and we establish our our marriage home in the free world or whatever. Uh, it's going to have some benefits. But I want to talk about what patience and the fact that you are in prison for something that you did not do what that feels like, you know what I'm saying? Because it's one thing to be in prison, which is a horrible experience. And I think that anybody who's ever been incarcerated can attest to that. It's, 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 prison is not a place of rehabilitation. It is not a place for any human being. It's not a place, no. uh, it's not a place for people, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, a, it's a place that, that you need to harbor humans. Um, so it's one thing to be there, but it's a whole other thing to be there and to know that you're not supposed to be there. So talk to us, yeah. And you know, I know, I know what I know what this, I know what the deal is, right? I know what your story is. Uh, but just share with the people what that what that what that journey is like. You know what I'm saying? And how patience benefits you as we go through the process of your exoneration, as we go through the process of fighting for your exoneration, which is very soon. Well, as you know, I've I, I gotten charged when I was already incarcerated in Hamilton County. I got charged with murder because of a guy that I used to bully. Yes, I was a bully. I was a bully. And I used to bully him a lot. Growing up on Bond Hill, there's not many options. There's not. Everything you see 
drugs, money, drug dealing, or robbery. Everybody in poverty. Everybody's broke. But we ain't have no Obamas, LeBron James, none of that. No Tom Brady's in my neighborhood. We had kingpins, drug dealers. That was our icon. So growing up, to speed it up a little bit, it was a dog-eat-dog world in Barn Hill. Only the strong survived. I was a bully to an individual, and it, it backfired later on in life because that individual just lied to the uh, police officers and told them that I killed someone. Eight years later, this guy just willingly come forward by the grace of God and tell people and a prosecutor and a police officer that I did not kill this person. And the reason he lied and said I did because I was a bully to him. Because I used to go in his pocket and take his money. Because I used to embarrass him in the neighborhood. And throughout that journey, no one that I know I didn't do this. That takes a lot of energy. That takes a lot of faith to wake up every morning in a two-by-four cell. I'm about to sit the math wrong on that. Don't quote me on that, y'all. Waking up in this little cell, which is a bathroom in a project. Imagine waking up in your bathroom in a project every day. You know, some people ain't never even been in the projects. <laughs> some people don't even know what that looks like. That's the size of the cell. That's the size of the cell that I'm living in right now. It's the size of your bathroom in a project where rats and roaches, with guys that's lost, with guys that's ready to just do whatever, any time, any day. It's dark. Everybody got dark energy. Not everybody both. And knowing you did not do nothing to belong in prison for this long. And some say, well, how can you function? How can you keep some high, such high energy? Yeah, I ain't have time to be moping around, stressing, being depressed. What's done is done. I give that credit to my mother. Her favorite saying was, don't cry with spoiled milk. And keeping the home training, mannerism, life skills that she installed in me, and the life saying that she always say, I knew. I got to keep moving, regardless of the odds against me. I'm a warrior. This is what I do. So... I just kept moving. I pray every morning. I wake up. Pray before I go to sleep every night. I've been doing that for 11 years straight. I've been incarcerated. I don't miss a beat. And me, and me doing so, God rewards you. God rewards you. He hears you. He knows what's going on. I wasn't doing this every day just to do like, I, I, this is what I know. And eight years later, this guy signed an affidavit 
The same guy that lied and said that he saw me kill somebody. Signed out for David and said it was a big lie. Faith. Faith kept me going. Faith still keep me going. Because it's, it's, it's an ongoing battle. Yeah. And that's, and that's where we are now. That's where we are now. And because it is an open case, we won't share too many details about the case. Um, Thank you all there. Thank you all there. Right. Right. So, but that's where we are now. And this has been, like Billy said, this has been a 11 year journey um, for him in total. And for us in the actual, the active fight of his exoneration has been like what five years, five six years of us being like in the court, and it is filing the motions, waiting on the court days, waiting on the responses. I mean, it, it takes so long, and it can be discouraging at times. Yeah, yeah, we need patience, and that's where. So when you said patience, baby, it just it stuck out to me because you you embody patience. You hear me? You embody patience, and what the Bible say? Patience is a patience is a a what? It's a virtue. virtue. <laughs> it's a virtue, yeah. and it, and it truly, it truly, truly is. It can carry you such a long way, um, and and it's truly one of the fruits of the spirit. And so the fact that you have been able to embody that and allow it to carry you through one of the the obstacles in your life that's supposed to break you, one of the obstacles that breaks a lot of people, it just speaks volumes to who you are as a man. And that's why I fell in love. Um, when I learned more about the case, it wasn't necessarily the fact that you didn't do it. It was also the fact that you took accountability for even what you didn't do right? You didn't hesitate to say, well, I did not kill anybody. However, I know that the things I did do, I know that, you know, uh, bullying and the interactions that I did have while I was in the hood led me to be able to be accused of this crime. And that, again, it spoke volumes to who you are as a man. So for me as a woman, people will look at me and say, well, why would you sign up for this, for this? You know, why would you sign up for this? And for me, I I look at my husband, I I see his heart. I see who he is as a man. I look at that man, y'all listen, y'all ain't going to give me a I see that man's soul. You hear me? And he is truly an amazing man, and I wouldn't trade him for any man out here walking these streets because who he is, his integrity as a human being, the way he honors himself and respects himself again, he's able to stand up ten toes and say, yes, I'm not supposed to be in this situation because I didn't do that crime, but at the same time, I'm not going to point the finger and play the victim in this situation. I still know the life that I lived led me to being ultimately, you know, capable of even being accused of such a thing, you know. So uh, Billy just has so much to offer the world, and I'm just super, I'm super honored that God called me to be a part of his life and be a part of his journey 
and be beside him as he carries this cross. I'm honored for that. So, you know, mm. I don't I don't share that often with people openly. I it is what it is. I don't owe anybody no explanation. I move how I move. This is my husband, this is the love of my life, this is my soulmate. That's all y'all know, that's all y'all need to know. I don't go into details often about um our relationship or the challenges that we have. This is it. Um and if we if if I could provide any 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 advice that translates to couples, whether they are in a relationship that's untra- untraditional like ours or um, they're in a relationship that's considered normal. But uh, I think the most important thing is to understand that your covenant, your marriage, your relationship, your partnership is sacred, right? At the beginning of me and Billy coming together, uh, we, we we use a term that we are protecting what we're building. That's why we, we didn't share with everybody, you know, what was going on and how we were getting to know each other and whatever. We didn't share that with everybody. Now, oh. our foundation is solid, right? Like, it's, it's, solid. it's solid. It's it's unmovable. It's unshakable. That's why we're able to literally. It matter what people say. It don't matter yeah, what like, we can. We can come to the world with this and be completely confident with what we have, right? Our foundation is absolutely rooted to the core of the earth, okay? Uh, But we are still very protective, not because of the threat of it being cracked, but because it's sacred. And it it should be kept and honored as such. Not anybody, any everybody just has to have the opportunity to 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 be a part approaching. or or enter yeah, absolutely to approach it or give input. We don't want to. We don't. We not just accept all energy. Right there. We not accepting mm-hmm. all energy. We cool on right all there. That. And because I understand, like like Billy said, he's a PK. He's a preacher's kid, and I am a very spiritual woman. So we both understand the power of words and the power of prayer. And the fact that we are in a situation where uh, it can be very fragile, right? Like I said, we are we are fighting his exoneration. My husband is serving a sentence for something that he did not do. I cannot just be reckless with my husband's name or my husband's case and be sitting around. Oh. Now, ladies, I'm talking specifically to ladies, okay? I cannot just be in a circle of my girlfriends talking about my husband and allowing these women to speak over my husband, okay? So, ladies, don't just, don't, exactly. So, stop going to all your friends and your family and even your church friends and family. I don't care what what circle, social circle you think you have. Stop it. Stop allowing people to speak over your home, over your family, over your marriage. That is a sacred. Come on now. That is sacred. So with that being said, uh, it was definitely me and Billy's uh, union and us coming together was definitely God-ordained. And I knew, I knew that I was supposed to 
I knew the connection that God was calling me to have with him. I knew that I had, I was equipped with the ability to be able to carry such a, such a calling over my life um, in, in the connection with Billy. And, again, I'm just honored that I get to be a part of him and connected with him. It's been an amazing ride, and it's been an amazing opportunity to grow and to learn and to, and to evolve um, and to truly something that is not just, not just a typical, oh, I want a happy, loving relationship and, you know, no, 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 no. What me and Billy are building, we are breaking generational curses. And I knew that. And I don't know, Big Daddy, I don't know if you remember those conversations we used to have early on in our relationship. And we used to speak that early. And we say that all the time, that we are breaking generational curses. And at that time, though, I didn't know completely. I don't know if you knew, but I didn't completely know what that meant. But I knew I felt it in my spirit, that we, our union, was breaking generational curses. Right. I always knew that my connection with Billy was bigger than us. Way bigger than us. Way bigger than us. And that is what gives us, that's what gives me, right? That's what gives me the ability and the strength to keep pushing through those tough times. Yeah. That's what encouraged us. Like you said, we always been Depending on their energy, we've been closed off. Like, oh, get up out of here with that. We, we cool. We cool on anything that, that's not in alignment. That's not positive. And this encouraged us. Once we got rock solid and we was comfortable, this would encourage us to come to the podcast because it's triggered in us. This has been this right. this been an awesome goal to break generational cur uh, curses. That's why we say matter of fact, that's sure. Yep. It'd be selfish for us to just know what we do, go through what we go through, and just withhold all this. Like, oh yeah. There's a lot of people that Jogging. struggle. That, that's free or that's incarcerated. Yeah. We have to help. Because the transformation that has happened, like what you spoke about, the transformation that happened on the inside of you, uh, yeah. especially, uh, you know, having to maintain uh, some and be, be grounded, be sturdy and steadfast in the institution where you are surrounded by all of these different people and emotions oh, and, uh, ain't no, you know, literally. Oh, and you have oh. to remain solid and unmovable. That takes yeah. internal okay. transformation. That takes that takes right. the power of Jesus, baby. And so to be able to go through that internal transformation while there's people on the outside who, and I think I've heard you say this, people sit up here and they get frustrated when they go through, you know, everyday life, right? They get frustrated about bills and jobs and all of this that, and the other. Okay, and that's, I get it, right? That's that's normal stuff. You know what I'm saying? Those things are stressful. You have uh, one but, minute remaining. But nevertheless, 
you still have to be able to be unmovable and unshakable no matter what when comes in your life. So the transformation that's been able to happen on the inside of you is a transformation that ultimately needs to happen on the inside of each and every one of us. So, Big Daddy, you are an example to the world. I love you for that. I love you too, girl. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So that is the end of this podcast. We love you all. We hope you enjoyed this today's podcast. We can't wait to see you for the next episode of Steel Sharpening Steel.